Today's show is being brought to you by Cause Marketing Forum and SelfishGiving.com. And we want to thank our sponsor, 1BillionShirts.org. Custom t-shirts that help others. Print with them, and 25 cents from every t-shirt benefits a good cause. And remember, you can find Cause Talk Radio on Stitcher Smart Radio as well as iTunes. Leave us a comment at either one of those platforms, and we'll send you a Cause Talk Radio t-shirt. Hey everyone, this is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause to Talk Radio. On the line with me, of course, is Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hello. How you doing out there? I'm excellent. I'm happy yeah. to be on the show. Yeah, that's good. You got your new, um, I know the organization, Cause Marketing Forum, also does peer-to-peer fundraising, and that conference was a big success last week in that's Atlanta. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. So yeah. we have another great show today, and on the line, we have Brian DeLottenville, who's the founder and CEO of Benevity. And this is kind of interesting, Megan. They power goodness programs for companies. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Good, Joe. Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. And you are in chilly Calgary, right? Almost as cold as Boston. <laughs> I think today I, we probably got you beat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's about, I think it's about 25 in Boston today. You know, Megan's somewhere where it's rainy and 50 all the time. You know what I mean? So Yeah, that's no uh, walk in the park either, though, i got to tell you. That's right. Yeah, that's not fun either. <laughs> so. Yes, I, ha- I have been joking with some of our uh, uh, eastern U.S. clients that they're acquiring honorary Canadian status this winter. Oh, see? <laughs> see? That's good. That's good. So does that, maybe, maybe that means, um, uh, Megan and Brian, that I'm going to lose my Boston accent and I'll get a Canadian accent. Not likely. <laughs> Everyone knows we have no accent. That's, right, yeah. That's what we say, Joe. So, Brian, tell us about uh, tell us about these goodness programs that you do for a company. And you know, one of the things that we should mention about Benevity too, Megan, is they are a leader in this field. So, listen closely, folks. Well, hopefully I can be as, as compelling as your, your introduction. But, um, you know, the, in terms of goodness programs, it's just a, a bit of a, a, a macro moniker that we've given uh, for things that might be social responsibility-oriented programs or community investment programs or employee giving and volunteering programs. They have different faces depending upon the, the company and the use of the platform um, that they are making uh, mm-hmm. in their context. But a lot of it has to do with um, the giving of time, uh, talent, um, money, mm-hmm. and and other things to um, charities that may either align with the um, employee-facing activities that the, the company is trying to engage around or customer-facing and brand-relevant uh, initiatives that, that, that the companies are, are pursuing. Can, can you give us an example of the type yeah. of company that you, that you work with and what specifically you do for them? Like, what's, what's Benevity's sweet spot? Well, I mean, our our sweet spot is trying to focus on improving the ROI, if you will, of the increasing investments that that companies are making in these areas, and and not just the social impacts, but the business impacts as well. So that, mm-hmm. you know, selfishly, we think that that companies will invest more in these areas when when they're creating more than just social impact with with the programs. Mm-hmm. Spot on. So yep. give us an example of what that looks like. 
So it 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 depends again um, on on the nature of of the the use of the platform. So probably easier to just mention quickly what 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 our technology sure. enables, and and we our our core product is is an API suite um, of of functionality in the giving and corporate matching and volunteering area that enables companies to embed this platform, much the way you might embed Google Maps into an application, embed it into their own environments to help power their programs under their own brands and systems. So some companies use that platform to do their own thing, and and Google would be a notable example of of one of our corporate clients that uses the platform. Um, And others are using our branded software as a service, employee giving and volunteering um, application. So uh, that is more of an out-of-the-box solution that enables companies to um, get up and running with um, sort of a, a highly configurable but common product that is across all of our clients. And, so, and so, Brian, let me ask you, if I'm a Google employee, right, and I get into mm-hmm. uh, my Google office and after parking in my free parking spot and my <laughs> Porsche and, and getting my free bagel. Starbucks coffee and bagel and having a whole new wardrobe put on me before I sit down on my desk, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what exactly do they see on their computer when they sit down and they want to engage with the employee giving function of the company? So in the Google context, they've, they've built their own tool on top of our, our platform. So yeah. I, I don't know that the details of the, of the Googlers gives interface the way I do mm-hmm. our, our own, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. typically the, the companies are trying to empower choice so mm-hmm. so get get enough uh, ability so that that employees can choose charities that resonate with them personally but yep. also create bias toward the causes and pillars and events that the company mm-hmm. is trying to um, uh, promote that that mm-hmm. align more with with the brand and the strategy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so in in our context it's it's I've got my own little personal foundation I can see who I'm supporting I've got a full donation history of what yep. I've done I can see the matching amounts I've got tax receipts that are stored in the tool mm-hmm. it's really a a kind of a, a a full service tool for managing mm-hmm. your citizen philanthropic activities. Right. right, and the whole idea too is employees spend so much time on their computers already, and let's face it, they spend a good amount of that time goofing off. Uh, you know what I mean? So, and you know, why not give them something semi-serious that they can focus on, like their employee giving activities? Yeah, well, and 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 that uh, that isn't true in our company. No one goes off, but um, <laughs> but the, the 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 more compelling value proposition for for companies having these employee programs is that it is an opportunity, and, and this is one of the changes I think in the landscape generally in the last little while. But companies are focusing more on. Um, engagement opportunities, be they customer-facing or employee-facing, than just pure fundraising goals. And and it makes some sense because there's a bunch of empirical data out there that shows that people who give and volunteer score extremely higher on employee engagement um, measures than people who don't, and then the business impact of highly engaged employees versus 
unengaged employees is, is also notable uh, in, in the studies. So it also makes good business sense. Well, let's talk about that a little bit more, Brian, yeah. because it, I think this is important, and it, it's probably a very big differentiator for Benevity comparing your platform and your technology to, to some other folks out there. So talk about the ROI piece, because it's so nebulous and so elusive in so many situations. What are you guys doing to make that more measurable, tangible? Um, well, you know, part of it starts with, with what Joe mentioned briefly there, which was, you know, people are time constrained and they do spend a lot of time on their computers, but they've got, you know, time is their main constraint. So if you're going to try and bring them into a community impact program of any kind, um, it needs to be easy, it needs to be intuitive, it needs mm -hmm. to be because of the millennial focus and, you know, the expectations around usability and empowerment, it needs to have uh, user choice and control at, 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 at a, as a central element, yep. and a bunch of things like that that really um, are pure web-centric uh, attributes that have been lacking in conventional programs and tools historically. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, we talk about the goal, and, and you guys, you know, you spend most of your time talking about the, the cause marketing side of this, but it's, it's really no different in the employee-facing side. I'm seeking to engage people around things that might be emotively resonant because that that creates attraction, retention, uh, glue, loyalty, some of those things that we're, we're seeking to create with both uh, products and, and people. So when you're working with clients, are you somehow embedding measurement into what they're doing? Are you working that, with them strategically about thinking about this from more of an ROI perspective? Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very good question. The, the, and one, one of the things that we have that is 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 a differentiator is we, we have an ecosystem view of this thing. So on the front end of our platform, we've got companies um, and the customers and employees of those companies. And on the back end, we have thousands of, you know, 40,000 charities last month received funds through our, um, our back end. So you're starting to gather a bunch of analytics and data that really makes sense for both sides of that equation to improve the utility of that platform, which is mm -hmm. the webby people among you is the definition <laughs> of network effect. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So it, it's the kind of thing that on scale, which, which is sorely lacking in the charitable space, on scale you really start to achieve both automation and data efficiencies around these things and enabling companies to do more creative things because the administrative piece isn't as unwieldy as mm -hmm. it's been in the past. What about the, you know, I'm, cu I'm curious too, Brian, though, what about the data piece? Because, you know, we always hear things now, big data, small data, and stuff like that. I mean, are there some, uh, is there some real data that companies can extract from this, uh, this system too that can help them, you know, better manage these programs? Well, for sure, on a company level, I think the bigger challenge, as you cite, is, is, is taking that aggregated data and drawing conclusions uh, around the, the markets and user choices and, and things like that generally. But at a company level, I can see 
virtually everything um, about my program, where my people are giving, where I'm losing them in the in mm-hmm. the in the tool, if I'm losing them, um, that where their giving is clustered um, as an employee population, so I can then start to seek uh, shared value sorts of partnerships with um, prospects that are in those pillars and areas. So, mm-hmm. um, and then of course the the if engagement is your goal, then capturing me- metrics that that speak to that mm-hmm. participation being an obvious one, but um, you, you know they can start to refine their program um, and and based on the data that they're that they're pulling um, right. from different projects and events. Yeah. yeah, Let's talk a little bit about the evolution of this space, Brian, because you've been doing this for. How long now? I know I, I talked to you probably three years ago. How long have you been doing this? Yeah, we've been kicking around since 2008. Um, Which is and uh, forever in this space. <laughs> it, it is. But I, I, came, I came at it um, um, uh, unfettered by knowledge, if you will, of the, the charitable <laughs> landscape. And, and I used to run a company called iStock Photo, which mm-hmm. is... Uh, web-based uh, imagery business. So I, I, I have a fair bit of experience in, in the platform kind of context, but but had relatively none in the charitable landscape. And, and uh, it's been very interesting for me to look at, you know, with my p- private sector bias, if you will, look right. at some of the elements um, that exist and, and, and I'll be so bold as to say some of the dysfunction that, that mm-hmm. is there that really, you know, the social enterprise part of Benevity is really seeking to make an impact on. Mm-hmm. Let's talk um, about the dysfunction. I, that sounds interesting. Talk, talk to us about dysfunction. <laughs> well, I was dysfunction. just going to say, I, <laughs> you don't hear that many people talk about it um, other than maybe the, the Dan Pilatas of the, of the, mm-hmm. of the world, but um, which is a very interesting TED Talk if you haven't heard, heard mm-hmm. that one. Nope, we've heard it. But, you know, in the, I'll just focus on the employee giving area as an example. The, the, there's a, a, a relatively large number of players in the space. They're all fairly small. The, the biggest player has been, um, I think, at, at their largest, had a couple of hundred employees. So the irony is the, the companies are small and the clients are massive. So we've, we've got... We've got companies as small as 30 or, or, or 100 employees, but but as big as 175,000. So the the scale that the vendors need to achieve to drive efficiencies, both investing in their products and services, and even more importantly, in a value proposition to the charities, mm-hmm. requires a size and scale that I think the charitable landscape has not invited yet. Right mm-hmm. and. When you contrast it to merchant accounts and credit cards, for instance, there's six or seven of them. They've got all the volume. The fees are two point whatever percent. The merchants are relatively happy. The companies are profitable. In the donation processing world, you've got literally tens of thousands of organizations that get money to charities, Mm -hmm. mostly by manual checks, mostly with manual tax receipts, and it's chewing up a bunch of money, arguably billions, that could be going to programs. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you have somebody like uh, a PayPal coming on the scene in a big way in that donation space. I mean, do you think that's what it's going to take to get these efficiencies you're talking about? Uh, I don't think the pure payment processors are are where the dysfunction is because you, you know you can you can process a donation. Um, 
you know, but you're not issuing a tax receipt. You're not you're not um, providing the donor information. You're not you know the right. destination giving piece is difficult for charities. There's a million of them in the U.S. alone. So it's very hard for those charities to get people to come to their site, pull out their credit card, and donate. Absolutely. Um, so what we need is more activity that's kind of in the moment um, mm-hmm. at the event or micro donations as part of my interactions with retailers yep. and some of some of the more embedded giving things, Joe, that I, I know mm-hmm. you and I have talked about yep. uh, before. And in order to do those things efficiently, um, there needs to be automation aggregation and, and it's sort of a platform view that, that uh, that has that two-sided value proposition, and, mm-hmm. and the the PayPal's and credit card people are are, are only doing the the financial piece. So you know, Brian, one of the things I'm um, interested in a company like yours is you know you guys have been really successful in your space. What's next for Benevity? What else are you focusing on? What else are you interested in? Well, you know, the irony is we, we, we get a lot of um, activity now with our employee giving solution because it's, it's, it's considered to be wildly innovative. Um, and, and so we've got the Nikes and the Googles and the Apples of, of, of the world. But, but uh, in many ways, it's because there's lag in the charitable sector. In, in, mm-hmm. in my mind, it's already passe. You know, we, we need to have a, a fully mobile context for these programs and I'm carrying this little mini foundation around in my pocket and I'm interacting Mm -hmm. not only with my employer but my retailers and things like that. So that's really where our uh, product development focus is, is bridging these different populations so Mm -hmm. that these global companies can engage their customers and their employees and their broader stakeholders and their charity partners in a, a virtuous circle of doing well by doing good. Yeah. Okay, but and nobody's ma- you know, doing that. Nobody's doing that. Is anybody doing that well that you've seen? Because that's the one thing that makes me want to rip my hair out. No, I, <laughs> I'm at a loss. Uh, well, you know, companies are, are doing bits and pieces of it well. You know, I think... I think the the bridging of the employee populations with the uh, customer facing or cause marketing things is is really not an area that has been explored yeah. adequately and and it and it creates misalignment right so totally. if i'm a if I'm a company you know Coke might be a good example. I do a ton of advertising oriented cause marketing, mm-hmm. but my employee program. Um, might be non-existent, and mm-hmm. and and so, or or companies who choose um, a very narrow approach to their employee program, they only support a handful of charities. They're missing right. an opportunity to connect with um, you know that population on things that matter to them. There's just there's been a lot of conventional thinking in both of these areas that I think mm-hmm. is changing, but the tools need to change to enable the creative yeah. thinking, and and I think that's where we come in. Mm-hmm. No, and, and, you know, I think too, is, you know, with so many of these things too, Brian is with companies, it's going to start with pro- products and services and then cause marketing becomes a piece of that. You know, they test it with these types of things and then they adopt it for their products and then they include their cause marketing in it. And because cause marketing is so popular, I think we see more companies doing it. Yeah, and and the and the data is starting to catch up as well. And mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, you guys know a, a little more about this than than, than I do. But um, y- you know, we we've seen an increasing number of 
of uh, you know the intention-based surveys like Cohen's and the Edelman's and, and mm-hmm. things that come out. But now companies are gathering their own data around this stuff. I saw one from a very large um, uh, cell phone, mo- you know, mobile phone provider recently, and they had, I think their opportunity set was like 20 million people. Right. And and the second highest affinity attribute that they identified after celebrity and entertainment was mm-hmm. charities. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. ahead of sports right wow. so so for companies trying to um truly do well by doing good they've got to figure out ways to to meaningfully introduce that element into their um transactional behavior their their mm-hmm. their product not just their product advertising but the actual interaction with their product mm-hmm. absolutely well, and that's such a fragmented marketplace, as you've, as you've sort of pointed out. So um, I, I guess we've so almost run out of time, but I want to I pitch one final question to you. Haha, ha, Joe, I got the last word this time. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that is going back to Joe's point about, um, you know, where is, where is that convergence for you? Like, where are you seeing those glimmers of hope? Where you know how does that happen on the company side? Because it really is those corporate drivers that, I, from my perspective, is going to make that a reality. So where where are the bright spots that you're seeing? I think for us, and this would probably be somewhat unique to us, but we're starting when we, when we first started, we we had lots of extremely good meetings with very large companies about the flexibility of this platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we found was the sales cycle was was extremely lengthy. So, right. notwithstanding that the idea of embedding micro donations into, for instance, an online banking application, mm-hmm. it's where my money is, it's where my tax receipt should be, it's where the bank can create some glue with me. Mm-hmm. To get a bank to embed our mm-hmm. platform into their um, right. technology solutions yep. is like I will be in a walker before <laughs> many of them. Yep. Um, so, so uh, we built uh, Spark, which is our employee giving solution, as a as a more productized solution that the companies don't have to build anything, and they they get implemented up and running quite quickly. Um, and so they start to get familiar with the types of functionality that the platform provides, and it's a little bit easier to then segue from their um, employee program to some of their product-facing or customer-facing activities. And so that's our goal with some of these companies is to get the platform in the door um, right. in some fashion and, and then allow them that coherent sort of cross-platform capability on a broader level. Excellent. Well, we are looking forward to having you uh, crack that atom for us, Brian, so you can come back before you're in a walker and report on all of the great the great integrations that you have powered through Benevity. So um, if people want to find out more about you or Benevity, how might they do that? Well, I would say that they should uh, take our Twitter um, moniker, but someone else looks after that. So if they want to get a hold of me, uh, our website is benevity.com, which is uh, which is an easy way to get at us, but also uh, Brian, just Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at benevity.com, and I am remarkably responsive. Excellent. Excellent. Well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And Joe, how about you? Where can people find out more about oh, the boy. elusive Joe Waters? People can't find me online. Yeah, know, they don't know where to, to get me. Yeah, so you can find me on my blog at selfishgiving.com, of course, uh, on Twitter every day, at Joe Waters. And of course, I have uh, over 2,500 pins now of cause marketing campaigns that you can take a look at at pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? 
I am on Twitter not as frequently as you are at Megan. No, Strand, you're not. Not even close. But daily at Tweet CMF, I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum, and I also blog for the Cause Marketing Forum at CauseUpdate.com. And you can find Cause Talk Radio on Stitcher Smart Radio as well as iTunes. We do recommend you subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss an episode. And while you're there, give us a thumbs up on Stitcher or leave us a comment on either of those platforms. We'd sure appreciate it. And on behalf of Brian and Joe and myself, we'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.